Hallelujah. Amen. His goodness is running after us. The hound of heaven, Sister Sheila. He'll chase you down like a hound. His goodness is following us. I am so glad that the goodness of God is here. Amen. I'm thankful for music. I'm thankful for music that uplifts God. I'm thankful for a worship team. Didn't they do awesome? You can disagree with me if you want to. This is my personal opinion. You have the right to be wrong. But I'm going to be honest, we got the best music anywhere. Amen. Amen. I mentioned earlier, um, everybody testifying, they're trying to just preach what I was going to talk about tonight, just one after the other. It just I take it as confirmation, so uh, I just get to repeat what they said. But... Uh, Anybody felt distracted? Just distracted. Everything's distracted. I don't think that's just by chance. I don't think it's, oh, it just so happened that way. I think it's on purpose. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul is writing. Apostle Paul is an interesting person. He's probably one of the most educated men to write the Bible. So what he would do is he would write things in their parlance, in their language. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse... 24, he talks about sports, specifically the Olympics. Corinth was very close to Olympia where the Olympics were held, so he starts talking about the Olympics, trying to compare that with the Christian walk. Verse 24, he says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. Everyone runs, but only one crosses the finish line first. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Everyone that's trying to win, they cut back on some stuff. They cut back on the sugars. They cut back on the fats. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown. They do it for just a little olive crown that gets placed on their head. But we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. I'm not racing against myself. I'm not shadow boxing. 
I'm in this thing. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I bring myself into subjection so that I can do the will of God and finish strong. I can start strong and I can continue in the same way. I think I heard somebody preach about continuing strong, staying strong. And then he writes earlier to the church at Galatia. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. He says this. Let us not be weary. Don't get tired of well-doing. For in due season we shall reap. We will receive our reward if we don't quit. If we don't faint. That's one verse the devil does not want us to do. He absolutely does not want this church to continue doing right. Because he doesn't want us to reap. He wants us to quit. So that we don't see the end of this thing. And he will throw everything at us that he can. But tonight I just want to just talk a little bit about the distractions that the devil throws at us. And staying strong. Piggybacking on what Pastor talked to us about. Continuing. We can start. We're good. Everybody's good at starting. But you got to continue. You can't just start. you got to continue. So, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Anybody known anybody that can start a project? I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start this diet. I'm going to start painting that shed. I'm going to rebuild that engine. And they get started. A couple of days later, about 2 o'clock in the morning, they're standing with the refrigerator door open with the chocolate cake in both hands. A couple of days later, you got a half blue shed and a half white shed. And you can see where it's painted, but it's like halfway done. About a week later, there's a car jacked up and pieces everywhere. That once was an engine, now it's pieces. And every one of those scenarios that I presented, you hear the same thing. Well, I got started, and then I got distracted with this, and that's the end result. They got distracted, and that, well, it's, you got pieces of an engine, you got a half-painted shed, the diet's long gone. Because they got distracted. And I'm going to tell you, I have been more distracted 
in the past week and a half than I can remember being distracted. It seems like everything that I try to do, it's like, I well, I can get started on it, but there's something trying to draw my attention away. It seems like every time we come to the house of God, something happens. I'm going to tell you something. If you haven't been blessed to be a part of KCA Chapel, we've had the past two chapel services we've had since we've come back from Christmas break have been some of the most powerful chapel services we've ever had, I believe. And both of them started late. And both of them started without the administrator. And both of them were preceded by stuff. I mean, it's been the most chaotic just trying to have a chapel service, Sister Sheila. But the Lord has moved deeply in those chapel services. I don't think that that's happenstance. I don't think it's just because, oh, it's going to be, you know, distraction. I don't think that's just accidental that the most powerful chapel services have been preceded by the most distraction. I don't believe that the distractions that we're facing are accidental. I believe they're from the enemy. Because he doesn't want us continuing on what we're doing. The devil has no problem with people starting. He has no problem with churches starting. He has no problem with programs starting. He, he, he doesn't care if you say, I'm going to start to do something for God. He could care less if you start. He just doesn't want you to go past start. Because if you go past start and you stay and you continue, you get closer to actually doing it. That's what he has problems with. He has no problem with you coming to this altar and committing that you're going to do something. He could care less if you say, I'm going to read the Bible this year. Doesn't bother him a bit. Now, come December, if you're like, oh, I'm in Revelation and I've read all the rest of it, he starts getting nervous. So he also has no problem throwing everything in your way. You got to work extra hours. The kids are sick. Oh, the kids have homework. We scheduled an extra practice. You broke your phone. You can't find your readers. He has no problem throwing that either because he knows as long as you just start, he has no problem. But if you stay and you continue, you become a problem to him. He could care less if somebody comes to the altar and prays. This is going to sound ugly. He actually isn't too scared if they get the Holy Ghost. So long as two weeks later we're saying, uh, where are they at? 
But you get somebody that comes to the altar and they pray through and they get the Holy Ghost. And stuff happens to them and they keep sitting on the pew. And more stuff happens and they're like, church, I need prayer. And more stuff happens and they're standing up in testimony service saying, well, this happened and this happened, but I had to get back to the house of God. Then he starts having a problem with that. Because you're continuing. Then you're in the fight. And that's when the devil has a problem. Because he would love for every one of us to just start living for God. And it lasts about two seconds. And then, well, you know, that was, that was nice and that was cute. What else is there? But when you stick with it, that's when he starts having a problem. Because he always has a problem when God gets the glory for anything. Remember, that was his problem. His problem in the beginning was the angels were worshiping God more than him. God was getting all the glory and old Lucifer's over here in the corner and got his nose out of joint because, well, why ain't I getting none of it? Probably because you ain't God. You're just the choir leader. He's always had a problem with people praising God no matter what. It always gets his nose out of joint. And so what he does is he distracts. Anybody ever seen the cartoon Up? With the house and the balloons? My kids fell in love with that cartoon and I, yeah, they did. I've seen it a bunch of times. I've heard it a bunch of times from the other room. Me and Sister Star, we came up with a tagline from it because there's talking dogs. It's a Disney cartoon. There's talking dogs. And there's talking dogs and they're talking to one another and the tagline is squirrel. Now, where were we? So we have this thing at KCA where kids are talking and they kind of get off and we're like, squirrel? Because that's what the devil wants. He doesn't care if we're doing something for God. Is it squirrel? And we get distracted over here instead of up there. As long as he can squirrel us away in something else, some other direction, he's fine with it. The Apostle Paul said, you know what? When they trained for the Olympics, they trained. Because they know if they get distracted in the foot race, they're maybe not going to win. You know, I don't know if you've ever run a foot race. It's been a long time since I've ran a foot race willingly. It's been 20 years since I willingly ran a foot race. But you know what? I never, I never got close to winning a race by running and looking that way. I just never won. I wasn't even in the running to win because I was looking over here when I should have been. Well, wait, the finish line's over there. I need to look here. And I'm looking over here. 
The devil will throw everything at you that he possibly can because if he can get you to get your eyes off the prize, the chances of you finishing diminish. Because that's all he does is he just throws distractions. He'll cause the electric to flicker. To pull you out of a service where the spirit's moving. Hoping to distract you. Or he will cause some health crisis in your body to get you distracted off of him. And try to pull you away from him. Or he'll use, and if we were all honest, he used a dose of it three years ago, coming up here in a few months, three years ago, to let some anxiety creep in. I don't know about the future. I don't know what's going on and distract us that way. And what we have to do is just make up our minds. We're not stopping the race. I'm not shadow boxing here. The training's done. The gloves are on. The opponent's in front of me. I, 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 can't, I can't box and look over here at you because I'm going to get my head knocked off. I have to keep in the fight. I have to keep in the race. You want to hear about distractions? I can tell you about distractions. I have them galore right now. I have every distraction in the book right now to get me to give up. And you know what? I recognize them for what they are. They're a distraction. And if I get my eyes on bad grades with my kids, or if I get my eyes on Somebody coming to my house and saying, oh, you need to do this and this and this and this. And it's going to cost this. And I'm like, and you live in another universe. I hope in your universe money grows on trees because it don't in mine. And those are just there to see. Just It's, it's like... A little hook with a worm on it to see, are you going to take the bait? And forget for a moment what I'm supposed to do. And if I get distracted, I'll miss what God wants to do. There's no secret that the devil despises, hates. See, what is it? Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate, loathe entirely what God is about to do at First Church. And if he can distract us from that, then he thinks he's got a good chance of winning. But I mean, how, how much do you trust somebody who sinned before there was a devil? I mean, when you sin, you can, see, you can tell Pastor Sharon, you can say, the devil made me do it. What did he say? I made me do it. How big of a loser are you that you can sin? There's no devil and you still sin. 
What was his excuse? I think I brought up earlier when he reminds you of your past. Because, you know, we've all got a past. We've all got a past. Some of us, our past are years behind us. Some of us, our past are days behind us. Some of us, we don't want, are we holding the clock on how far behind some of our past are? Some of us have a past that's a few hours ago. And the devil wants to throw that in our face and remind us what our past is. Honey, all you got to do is start on the bread. Start in Genesis and read through. I promise you by the time you get to Revelation, you find out about his future. And it ain't pretty. Now here's the thing. My past isn't written down in the word of God. But his future is. It's sealed. He can't change it. But my past, I can change if I don't quit. My future is so much brighter if I don't get disgusted with the distractions and just quit doing the right thing. Because all I have to do for the devil to win is just quit. Just allow the distraction to cause me to lose heart. And you know what? It's not easy always doing the right thing. It's not always easy to pray with the circumstance surrounding you. It's not always easy to show up in the house of God and plaster a smile on your face and say, isn't God good? With what you know in your mind has happened. But you know what? I don't see anywhere in that book that says God is good except when it's bad. I don't see anywhere in that book that says God is faithful except when it looks like he's not because something happened. There's nothing in that book that says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, except in the bad times. It says... If we don't get our eyes off of him and we don't get distracted with what he, lowercase e, Satan, wants us distracted with. If we don't get disgusted and quit in God's own time, he will bless. He will bless in his proper time. Here's the problem, the distraction the devil wants to throw at us is his time isn't mine. My time is yesterday. I want my wow and I want it then. 
Am I on anybody's level? Am I being too open? Am I being too raw? My time is, well, where were you? My brother wouldn't have died if you'd showed up. Four days ago. His time is, uh, but wait, where, where's, where's he at? Let me show you why I'm doing it now. When you are distracted, just remember, God has something for you. It's always darkest just before the sun comes up. And when it looks like your God has turned his back on you and forsaken you and thrown you away, that's because he's just about to do something in you and through you you can't possibly imagine. Otherwise, the devil wouldn't make it look that way. We're good at starting. As Pastor Sheeran said, we've got to continue. And at the right time, his right time, He's going to do, I'm going to tell you something, we are, and I know the youth have come down because they're like, my word, it's already after 8 o'clock, do you, do you own a watch? I mean, I know you've got that pretty phone, do you even know how to look at it? I'm going to tell you something, what we, God is about to do something in this church that the gates of hell Gates are defensive people. Gates aren't offensive. Gates are defensive. The devil's scared of you. God is about to do something in this church that's going to shake hell out of this city, out of this county, out of this region, and it's going to shake this world. And it's going to happen if we don't get distracted, disheartened, disgusted, hurt, offended, and quit. Because if I quit, they don't stand a chance. But if I can somehow get past me and make it about him, Sister Laura. This is the future now. You think the devil hates you? He hates them worse. Because if you could see 
what God has planned for these. And the ones who aren't coming downstairs yet. They're going to blow the doors off of hell. And the victory that the devil thinks he has is as much an illusion as the distraction that the magician uses when he's pulling his tricks. It's as temporary as your problem. The devil's victory is just as ephemeral as the pain of right now. Because Paul said, the one who wants to win brings his own body into subjection. He subjects himself to temporary pain for the prize. And the distraction and the discomfort and the disgust and the, well, God, where are you? And the, well, you know what this is going to cost, right? Now, won't even be a memory when he does what he's going to do. If we don't stop and if we will continue. He's going to do what we don't even imagine if we don't let the distractions. Oh, the devil's going to distract. We just can't let the distraction bring us off course. Oh, the devil's going to throw stuff at us. We just can't let that get our minds off of what he has for us. And I apologize, it is way past time. But I want to tell you something. I'm going to paint a pretty target on my back and just admit in this building, and it's probably being recorded, so it's probably going to end up on iTunes. I'm not quitting. I don't care if all the cars break down. I don't care if all the kids decide they just don't know how to study, so they're just going to keep getting bad grades. I don't care how burnt the meat is, how rotten the dinner is, how threadbare the shoes become. In due season, I'm going to reap something. If I won't quit. And if I've 
partially convinced anybody else in here to not quit, stand with me. Now be careful because you just said you're not going to quit. And the devil's going to take that as a challenge. And he's going to say, well, busted pipes didn't work, so what else can I throw at them? Glitchy, glitchy electricity didn't work, so what else can I throw at them? Tore up backs didn't work, what else can I do to them? God let me take their loved one. What else am I going to do to them? In due season, he says, I'm going to do something. If we don't quit. Pray with me. Lord, we love you. Your word has a promise that you're going to reward us. Your word has a promise that you're going to do something we can't even imagine. But your word says it can only happen if we just continue and we don't give up. God, I pray that you would put a desire, a tenacity in us. No matter what happens, no matter what the distraction is, we're not going to get sidetracked to one side or the other. We're going to keep doing what you have called us to do. We're going to reach this city. We're going to reach this region. We're going to see our loved ones saved. We're going to see our friends in these pews. And we're going to see this town turned upside down because we refuse to quit following you. We're not going to quit doing good because you are going to give the harvest. We stand on that word. We hold to that word. In Jesus' name. Somebody say, in that name, in Jesus' name.